Donald Trump's presidential campaign has no plans to fire anybody on the campaign or even to take any disciplinary action against anyone for the Melania Trump speech plagiarism controversy. The campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, indicated at a morning news conference the campaign's posture is to simply move on from this without addressing it any further. He denied allegations that Melania Trump plagiarized a Michelle Obama speech last night on the first night of the Republican National Convention. He called the accusation, quote, just really absurd. He said, quote, to think that she would do something like that, knowing how scrutinized her speech was going to be last night is just really absurd. I think it's really absurd for any of for him to think that any of us believe that woman wrote a speech for a political national convention. Now, there was at least one passage in her speech last night that was clearly plagiarized. But I can't make this up. Like Marky Mark said, we can't make this stuff up, can we? Here are clips of Michelle Obama's 2008 Democratic National Convention speech. And then last night, Melania Trump's 2016 speech. I dare you to challenge how similar these are. Take a listen. Barack and I were raised with so many of the same values. My parents impressed on me the values. Like, you work hard for what you want in life. That you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat people with respect. Because we want our children and all children in this nation to know that because we want our children in this nation to know only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams that the only limit to your achievements is the strength of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them and your willingness to work for them now that's almost identical to work for them instead of work hard for them with respect instead of dignity and respect. Marky Mark, <laughs> and we don't need to say, Marky Mark, we know people out there who've been accused of plagiarism for far less. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this was, I mean, it was like like someone said, one of the funniest tweets I read, it was like having a paper due, you know, at 12 and realizing you had to write it at 1130. Oh, this, th- this is like going into the library years ago with the Encyclopedia Britannica and or taking cliff notes and completely, you know, copying, photocopying and then, you know, writing it down or typing it or putting it on your computer um, back in the day, the typing. I mean, they have a service now for people in college or high school that you can paste in your report and it'll tell you if it's in any other things that have been posted to make sure you're not plagiarizing. If high school and college students can do that, how can not one like the keynote speaker of day one of the RNC not do that? Right. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. And by the way, the former Trump campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, he says the current Trump campaign manager, Paul Manafort, should resign. And he should have reviewed Melania's speech before she spoke. Some people would say, well, of course, that's what he's going to say. This guy has his job. But I tend to agree with him. Take a listen. I don't think so. But you don't need to apologize. You need accountability. Right. That's what a good leader does. Holds people accountable. I've been held accountable in this campaign. Other people should be held accountable in the campaign. You don't need to apologize, but you need to fix it so it doesn't happen again. Who's to say 
that this same staff person isn't involved tonight and doesn't make the same mistake again. Corey, who are you talking about needs to do this? Are you talking about Donald Trump needs to do this, or are you saying Paul Manafort needs to do this as the campaign trainer? I think think Paul needs to take a a deep look inside and understand what the process was, make sure the protocols are in place, make sure that there is a check and balance of every speech that's going to go forward, and whoever signed off was the final sign-off that allowed this to go forward should be held accountable. And if it was Paul Manafort, he should be held accountable? I think if it was Paul Manafort, he'd do the right thing and resign. You think Paul Manafort will resign if if the... if this comes to he being the last if person you, that If he's the that? last person saw this and saw this happen and has brought this on the candidate's wife, I think he would resign because I think it's the type of person he would be. Okay. Now, we have something else that went on because that was one of the areas of questionable um, antics, if you will. But the GLP convention has been chaotic on the first day yesterday, kicking it off in the city of Cleveland. Donald Trump supporters painted a dark and dystopian portrait of an America in decline yesterday. There were a parade of people that spoke about how our country is slipping from the people's grasp, how cops are getting gunned down in the streets and their family members slain by illegal immigrants. Now, let me say a few things. The Republican Party has been very successful. If you look at the Bush-Cheney ticket, at painting the doom and gloom and you must be afraid, you must be very afraid because we're doomed with the gloom. They've been very successful with that campaign. There have been many people throughout history successful with that campaign. But I have to say that when people talk about make America great again, You know, if a Democrat said that America wasn't the greatest nation in the world, they would be considered unpatriotic, and somebody would say that they should be, you know, have their ass shipped to Fallujah or something, right? This is the greatest nation on earth. I was lucky to be born here. None of us have a choice of where we're born. We're very lucky. That's why so many people come here. My ancestors, and most of yours who are listening to me, unless you're Native American and you were originally already here. Is America on the decline? Well, that's not what the numbers show. We have job growth. We have increases in minimum wage in certain cities in this country. We see the economy is better than we were when we were in a recession. We see more homes being bought. And people may not feel it, but we did turn a corner. It just was at a tortoise space instead of a hare's space, uh, pace. Excuse me. So a lot of us just, you know, didn't feel it. And you have to feel it, right? Cops are getting gunned down in the streets. But so are innocent individuals who disproportionately are African American. I know some people may cite that Washington Post piece, by the way. I just want to be clear on that. There were over 900 shootings by police last year. And less than 300 were African-American. But let's break it down, because I need to back up what I just said. The overwhelming majority, more than three-quarters of those shootings, were deemed a good kill, which means that the police officers that shot were defending either themselves or protecting and defending other citizens around them. Of the 200-plus that were not deemed good kills and are questionable, or led to the termination of an officer, the majority of those 200 and approximately 240, 250 are African-American. 
And then family members slain by illegal immigrants. Illegal immigrants do not commit the majority of crimes. As a matter of fact, if you look at the more than 11 million number versus how many have been arrested for crime and then for violent crime, you can't even compare it to how many people born here are killing people. Let me tell you something. If, if, if somebody killed my child, God forbid, I've already buried a child. I don't need to go through that again. If somebody killed my child, I really don't care what their immigration status is. I want justice. And I know some people would say, yes, but if that person hadn't been here illegally, that kid wouldn't have died. Yeah, well, you know how many children die every day at the hands of people born in this country? The greatest country? Now, there was a self-inflicted scheduling blunder that infuriated schedulers at the uh, convention. Trump's campaign put the evening's headliner, Melania Trump, well before the primetime hour ended and had the networks turning away before the precious hour of uh, the, the TV had been uh, used up. Let me explain something. Donald Trump introduced his wife. He's supposed to be on at the end. I know he likes to do things his way and differently, but I think this guy just doesn't understand how it works. Part of the convention is almost like, you know, all of us before a football game in the high school gym going rah, 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 the tailgate party before the game, right? Before you watch your team. Patriots, Bills. Oh, by the way, Marky Mark, my Red Sox beat your Yankees the other day. Just wanted to remind you of that. But anyway, in, in, in addition to that, it's supposed to be like a climax. You know, you're building up to that climax, and the, 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 the climax is the nominee. Nope, Donald Trump uh, changes it. And then, of course, your wife speaking at a different point than she's supposed to, and then like a whole paragraph of her speech we've heard before, only it came out of the mouth of Michelle Obama back in 2008. People inside the hall streamed for the exits. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn droned on. NBC wrapped up its hour after some banter from its anchors with a shot of a shockingly empty arena. You gotta have the speakers. You gotta start strong and finish stronger. You gotta have dynamic people out there. You gotta have people that speak like a Bill Clinton. And they have those on the right. Not Bill Clintons, but people that speak well. It was a rough day to end to a day that began with Trump's campaign feuding. Uh, with the popular GOP governor of Ohio, John Kasich, not at the convention and has not supported Trump. Uh, in between, they featured shouting and jostling on the convention floor as the party tried to stomp out the last embers of the never-Trump campaign. All day, uh, there was talk on the networks, cable networks and mainstream networks, of disunity and chaos. And a lot of people feel that's a reflection of Donald Trump himself and what he has brought this party or will bring this party to be. There were 71 primetime speakers expected to take the podium, uh, there are, excuse me, over the course of this convention. More than 80% are white. Have they forgotten who they need the votes of? And perhaps most striking, only seven of the speakers are black, three are Latino. Women, less than one-third of the speaking slots. Now, and, 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 and three of those women are his wife and two daughters. Many of the party's past and future stars were glaringly missing from the lineup, underscoring the concern some GOP leaders have with closely aligning themselves with Donald Trump still. I mean, this businessman has cast aside decades of Republican orthodoxy and his unexpected political rise. He's created a crisis now within this party about its future. 
The divisions on the floor with the GOP erupted briefly. Yesterday afternoon, party officials adopted rules by a shouted voice vote, and anti-Trump forces sought to derail his nomination, responding with loud and angry chats. Though they were quickly quieted, and there were no lingering signs of the protest as delegates returned to the convention hall for the evening program. But campaign officials undermined their own efforts to unite the party yesterday, and they did it by picking a fight with the hugely popular governor of Ohio, John Kasich. He is not attending the convention. He has not yet. He's not endorsed Trump yet, like I said. And the chairman of the campaign, Paul Manafort, called Kasich petulant, said the governor was embarrassing his own party in his home state. Ohio GOP politicians were livid. Look at the numbers, folks. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are neck and neck in Ohio. Never has a Republican become president without winning that state. Democrats can become president whether they win it or not. House Speaker Paul Ryan seemed to be avoiding Trump. Ryan was at the convention. He spoke to delegates yesterday morning. He didn't even mention Trump when he did. Asked later whether Trump was really a conservative, he said, define conservative, he's not my kind of conservative. What? Melania Trump stood out, an all-white dress, was very positive, thankfully, after all the doom and gloom and negative. You know, to me, why don't they just say, hey, get a razor blade out, cut your wrist. It's hell, and it's not going to get better, especially if Hillary becomes president. Uh, But she said, quote, he will never, ever give up. And most importantly, he will never, ever let you down. She was introduced by her husband. It was a weird. It was that overdramatic entrance. I I thought it was a WWE wrestling match. And more than an hour before that, a series of speakers delivered intense emotional addresses about family members killed by illegal immigrants and why they supported Trump and opposed Hillary Clinton. And MSNBC, CNN and Fox News didn't carry those speeches. Um, So the audience was limited to who saw it. And by the way, Trump called into the O'Reilly factor when a woman whose son was killed in Benghazi and said, I blame Hillary Clinton for my son's death. Very powerful. Even though I don't agree with her, that's how she feels. Very powerful. And he has such an ego, he can't even give her the floor. He's got to call into O'Reilly so people who are leaving the convention are watching on their phones or their computers him on the factor instead of listening to her in Cleveland on the convention floor. Unbelievable. And there's more chaos I haven't finished. But let me give you some questions so we can get to your calls. After all, this is your talk show. After hearing those speeches side-by-side of Melania Trump and Michelle Obama, do you think that Melania Trump plagiarized portions of Michelle Obama's 2008 DNC speech? Be honest. Is that, in your opinion, plagiarism? 888, it is to me. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What do you think of how the Trump campaign has responded to the controversy? They said it's nonsense. And then they kind of threw her under the bus. She probably didn't write this speech. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Do you agree with Corey Lewandowski who says someone in the campaign should be fired? And if so, should it be who he said should at least resign? Campaign manager Paul Manafort, as he suggested. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, the GOP will tell you the convention has been terrific for many watching. But in truth, I've given you just a few examples. It is utter chaos. And even Trump called into Bill O'Reilly's show when one of their key speakers, Mrs. Smith, whose son was killed in Benghazi, was speaking. So how do you perceive this convention? Is the convention helping Trump or hurting him? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is the Republican convention uniting the Republicans? or further dividing them in their party. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And I know you don't like to admit it, but many of you listening are Republicans, so call me. 
What's up with your party? And calling for those of you in Ohio, whether you're for or against Trump, whether you're Republican or not. And by the way, there are plenty of Republicans who are against Trump. Maybe you're just protesting outside. Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Am I the only one that felt there was going to be a WWE SmackDown coming after Trump's entrance with the smoke and the fog and the music? I mean, wasn't it his wife speaking and not him? Can he ever take second place behind somebody? Uh, let's start it out with Roberta in Massachusetts, line two, listening on WHMP Radio. Hey, Roberta, good afternoon. Hey, how are you today? Good, thank you. Roberta, what's your take on this? So I just like I just have to say I'm not going to attack Melania Trump because she's an RMP. She's she's a trophy wife. I was reading about her earlier. She doesn't seem to have much intelligence. There's not there's not much there. Um, I'm just going to say that the Trump campaign, like they lack basic organizational skills. Because in one claim they're saying that she wrote it, that she you know put so much into it herself, and then the next claim they're saying that you know someone else wrote it for her. Speechwriters wrote it. So they're lacking basic organizational skills. And for someone who claims to have so much money, like why can't his money? by the best people, you know, like that they're... It's so funny you say that, Roberta. The first thing I said, um, I I, I turned and I looked at a friend and I said, seriously, with all his money, he couldn't hire one of the best speechwriters? And I do believe, look, Bill Clinton's an incredible speaker and he's a brilliant man, a Rhodes Scholar, extremely high IQ, and even he has somebody write his speeches. Um, and, And I'm using that as an example because she's not the greatest speaker, and it's not something she does typically uh, in her background and, you know, her line of work of modeling. Um, she definitely had somebody write that. I don't think there's any way that anybody in the campaign would just let her write her own speech. Um, and if she and if they let her write portions of it, there's always somebody that has to check that before you go on. Sometimes even I have oh, to sure. submit pieces of my speech or an outline of a speech, and, and I'm certainly yeah. not the, the level of these people. And that, that almost segues into what I was going to say next, just really quickly, um, in terms of Michelle Obama. So there's two, there's two things that pop up into my mind with the fact that the speech was, there was a portion that was basically plagiarized. Number one, they're trying to whitewash history, and they're going to give that speech to Melania Trump, and eventually Michelle Obama won't be in the history books for it. Or number two, there's someone, there's someone in the Trump campaign working for the Democratic Party, and they just tried to screw they just tried to screw them. So, you know, that's that's my stance on it. It's, the whole thing is just a joke. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the call, Roberta, from my home state of Mass. Uh, let's go to Alan in Reno, uh, listening on 1270 AM, and also we're uh, carried on 96.1 FM, our new affiliates. Uh, glad to have you with us, Alan. Good afternoon. Hey, thanks. And it's a beautiful day here in Reno, by the way. Everybody should be here today. <laughs> okay, fly us in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, you know, these things just drive me crazy. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. Um, you may uh, love Trump or hate Trump, but I just wish people would stick to real issues. First off, it's, people can't just think something is plagiarism. I know that's how you introduced the question, but it's either plagiarism or it's not. I mean, Michelle Obama and whatever her name is, Melania, whatever, Trump, they may both be guilty of giving boring speeches, but all they did was string a bunch of cliches together. You can't be guilty of plagiarism if, for instance, I'm sure you have said in a speech, 
As sure as the sun rises in the east, and yeah, the, the, the problem the problem is the problem. There's a difference between it was an entire paragraph. We went line by line as the audio provided, so you could do a fair comparison. But the, those those well, lines are are connected, and they were connected with Michelle Obama. I feel it's clearly plagiarism. Well, again, you can feel it is. It's not plagiarism unless you have some sort of unique statement. Just because you recite cliches. And just because you said something someone else has said, we would all be guilty of plagiarism. Certainly, I've been given speeches many times, which I bet you I've said many of the things you said. It's not plagiarism. There was nothing unique in what Michelle Obama said. She was citing cliches. Oh, I, I, I disagree and, with you. And you said, you well, said, you say, and here's crazy. why I asked the question, but here's why I asked the question. You started out by saying that when I came out, I asked the question, and you said it either is or it isn't. And I say it is, and you say it isn't, so obviously there's no. some level of subjectiveness. No, there, are legal, there are legal standards here. Quite frankly, I, I used to write for U.S. News & World Report. I write for the Huffington Post. I also write for FoxNews.com and for Glamour Magazine. And if I had used those sentences, I would have been accused of oh, plagiarism. I don't think so. They're just cliches. They're just cliches. There's nothing unique or interesting about them. All right. Th- 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 thank you. I appreciate your call, Alan. Uh, let's go to Carl in Nashville, who is listening on TuneIn. Carl, good afternoon. Carl? Hey. Hey. How are you doing? Good. You know, that, you know that, that's that been the uh, Trump's talking point. That that guy, he, he's, um, he's, he's a mole. <laughs> You know, he's he, the guy to just call. He's a shield for them because that's been their talking point all day. Come on. Get out of here. Can you imagine if Michelle Obama had lifted something from St. Nancy Reagan in 2008? The right would go ballistic and lose their racist little pea minds. You oh, know? my God. At, no, oh, come on. If Hillary Clinton stood up. And yeah. even repeated things Bill Clinton said, and they're on the same team and married to each other. They would go absolutely nuts. So for that caller to come here with the with the Trump's talking points, it, it's insulting to your audience. It's insulting to your show. And what and see, and, and the bigger picture is what was going on in in, in the convention. I, I'm I'm black, you know. I'm an American. I just happen to be black, and 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 I feel I feel almost a civic duty to watch those conventions as much as I possibly can on both sides. Um, but when I was watching that, that convention yesterday, as a, as a black person in this country, I felt unwelcomed. I felt uninvited. I felt threatened. And, 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 I, and, I, would, and, and I would tell your, I would tell your audience and even you to go back during a break or whatever, cut on YouTube or your computer, look at one of those speeches that was given last night, and cut down the volume. And just look at their faces, the 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 the, the hate, the venom, the 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 evilness within their eyes. It, it's absolutely mind-boggling because we 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 are cluttered with senses. We you know stuff you know noises going on all around. Just cut down the volume and look at their faces. It's absolutely amazing. It, it, there was nothing in that place for me. And the more scarier part. The more scary part is not that they weren't offering me anything to come in under the tent. The the really frightening part is I didn't give a damn to be up under their tent. I don't care to be up under their tent. They just had a poll last week that came out, not even last week, a few days ago, that in Pennsylvania and Ohio, he's polling at 0% with black people. How the hell that happens? 
How the hell one major party in two of our biggest states in the union polls zero with with black people in this country? How the hell that how how do we allow this this party to be taken over? Uh, oh, do you want to laugh? The other day, I heard a conservative on TV. I was channel surfing. Say, well, yeah. you know, Hillary's doing better with the black vote, but he goes, you know, let, let's not exaggerate. I think she has ninety-six support of the African American community. I mean, I really think you could do, you know, much better than that, considering we have a three percent margin of error in every poll. Um, you know, you, you know, I agree with you. I mean, how? And and then to have so many whites on stage, you got the white vote. You're hurting the pe- the people of color want nothing to do get, with you. Here's here's something even that's even even crazier. The lady that was that was there for the uh, for the RNC, their Hispanic outreach person, she quit a few months ago. The new lady that's in her job now, about four days ago, she was on all the television shows, on all the, the, the you know the, the talk shows, on at least three of them I saw. She was touting that he is polling at 25% with Hispanics. She was like, that's a, something to be proud of, that he's getting 25% of Hispanics. And, and, and this is the bottom line right here, because I know you have other cousins. This is my bottom line right here about the Republican Party. But I've been following politics for decades, and every time a Republican lose, they're always saying, if we just had the conservative that we could get in there, we would have won. John McCain, not conservative enough. Mitt Romney, not con- Bob Dole, not conservative enough. We need that conservative. Well, you had the opportunity between the conservative Ted Cruz and a racist Donald Trump. Guess what? You chose the racist Republican Party. So anybody that's on that stage with him, that's in that hall with him, guess what you are? You are a load of racists. Don't ever come to me. I don't ever want to hear a Republican say, ah, we just had a conservative candidate. We could have won this election. No. Ted Cruz is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He is a conservative conservative. He probably bleed red, extra red. That's how red state he is. And they didn't want that. They wanted the guy who's sexist. They wanted the racist. That's who they wanted. That's who they get. That's what they are. And if they think they burned the bridges with black people over the past 50 years of their party, just imagine what it's going to look like with Hispanics over the next two or three elections. It's, God bless America, but, but those demonic beasts in Cleveland, they can have that. Hey, don't hold back next time. Tell us how you really feel. But I'm glad you called, and I'm glad. Uh, I hope you call us again. I really do. Um, I hope, hope you call us again. They, thank you for uh, joining us. Um, let's go uh, next to Charlie in Phoenix, who is listening on KPHX. Hey, Charlie, good afternoon. Hey, Les. Uh, the fact that uh, the, the caller before me uh, didn't think that any of that stuff was cliche, uh, he should have got brought up better and uh, had more people tell him that. I, I was thinking about it, and from my Boy Scout leader to Sister Mary Ellen in fifth grade, uh, hard work, your word is your bond, treat people equally, and reach for your dreams. Leslie, you write four or five sentences and tell me how it doesn't come out any different than that could be. I mean, it, it is cliche. People say it all the time. 
if it just happened. You know what, though? I'm sorry. I understand that people don't want it to be what it is, and she didn't write it, I'm sure. So, unfortunately... Um, her, her, she, and, and they kind of threw her under the bus. But, but the, no, the reality is when you look at – you write down the paragraph Michelle Obama – read the paragraph that Michelle Obama spoke in 2008 in Denver. Yeah, no, I'm looking right it, at it. I'm looking right at it on the computer. Now, let me talk for a minute. How, well, no, I'm going to tell you my editor would Leslie, fire me for that. I would be Leslie, fired for that. Leslie, you write it differently and see if it doesn't come out the same about you, everybody should work hard. It's too similar. Where is your bond? You, you treat people equally and always reach for your dreams. I mean, it came, that, it came out of my nun teacher in fifth grade, and it sounded just like that. But it's not the same. What do you mean it's not the same? It's the, it, it's, it, it's the exact same order of words, omitting one here or there. As a matter of fact, that's, if, you, if you look at... In school, if you're taught about plagiarism, and I certainly was, I, I have a master's in broadcast journalism, that's plagiarism, my friend. Why are we, okay, well then, let the plagiar police deal with that. How come uh, the message isn't talked about as opposed to how the message was given? We are, ta- we are talking about the message. Oh, now you're talking about how she said No, that's one of the things. Ah, uh, uh, sorry, you're being a typical guy, not listening to everything a woman says now. I asked a number of questions. One of, I think, the eight questions I posed, so one-eighth of what I put forth at the beginning of this hour in the form of questions was a question about her um, plagi- uh, p- her plagiarism. That was it. The rest of them were about the convention, about the message, about Trump, whether this is uniting the party, dividing the party. And go back and, and, and play it or listen to our podcast later, and you can see. Do you think she was honest last night? I don't know because she was reading well, a speech that was... Leslie, you know, Leslie, Leslie, it's a yes or no question. No, it is not. It's my show. I'll answer the way I damn well please. And the way I please is I don't know because it's not a speech that she wrote. It's a speech written to make her and her husband look good to say what they want the people to hear to get them to vote for them. Well, that's politics. I mean, you're going to... That's very true. That's very, very true, and I might have answered it that way if you'd asked me if Hillary meant something in a speech, but you asked me about Melania, and I'm being honest, I don't know if she feels that way. All right, well, I just as long as you take that fence and, and you're that way that you can't pick an opinion on this stuff, that's... Okay. No, I have an opinion, but I don't know her. I know that when you have conventions, you know, look... Um, I'm sure behind closed doors, most of the people wearing Make America Great hats again wouldn't want to live in any other nation. And if push comes to shove or somebody in the military came up to them and said, you know what, I really resent you not thinking we're great, you know, they would backpedal. So I know that politics in every election year, and not just every four years, every two years, we have a lot of sound bites. And we have a lot of things said by politicians on both sides and promised by politicians on both sides. Are they genuine? Are, are they saying it to get your vote? Well, these are basic living issues. And, uh, you know, like I've heard it from so many different people in all my life to uh, learn how to uh, work hard. Right. Uh, so you, you, wait a minute. So you believed her because of what she said. You liked what she said and you believed her to be genuine, correct? I, I believed her because I lived my life that way. I okay, so you also I believed Michelle Obama in 2008 when she said those words first? Yeah, and, and, and again, it was reiterated from 
history. I mean, I can't tell you how many. Leslie, have, have you? But can I tell you something? I don't. I don't feel that what that. she said is being exemplified by the followers of her husband. What's her husband have to do with what she said? Um, she's speaking at a convention that her husband is going to be the nominee for. Politics into the into the words she said, and that's. Uh, it is. It, the whole thing is political. I'm sorry. Put down the crack pipe. The whole thing is political. You really, you even if that's how she really feels, you think she just woke up and said, "Hey, I feel like saying this." No, not at all. And that's why Corey Lewandowski said somebody should be fired because at least one person looked at that speech before she was on that podium. I appreciate talking to you. I got to take a break. That's the clock I don't have control over. We'll take a break. Don't go away. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Um, I just want to read this. Mark, do I have time to read this Antica call, the thing that you guys sent me? Okay. Um, Avic Roy did health care policy for Mitt Romney in the 2012 campaign. He was an advisor uh, to the failed presidential campaigns of Rick Perry and Marco Rubio in this cycle of 2016. He's also a fairly prolific writer on public policy and very much the kind of uh, guy liberals point other liberals to for a wonky conservative take on the ins and outs of domestic policy issues. And um, he, uh, he, he gave us um, his view of the Republican convention uh, the first day of the convention yesterday. Um, I'm not going to have time to share all this and get to the calls, am I? Um, his, his tweet says, summary of RNC in, uh, in Cleveland day one. Brown people are making America less safe. And that speaks to the earlier call. I'm not laughing that, that that's true, but that's, that, that's pretty much his take. And, you know, this is a guy that's considered to be a wonky conservative. Um, let's go to Michael on the Bronx line one. Michael? Hi, Leslie. Uh, let me help everybody here regarding this plagiarism thing. All right, so the previous calls that said there was no plagiarism, it was cliches. Uh, point blank, there was plagiarism because of the repeating of a structured um, set of sentences, structured paragraph. But the most important thing is that Mrs. Trump recited those words and tried to act as if they were her own words. As she had said and cited Michelle Obama for it, as we all remember back in our days in college writing, that you must cite your sources if you're going to quote them, you know, then we wouldn't be having this discussion. She could have said, as the first lady Michelle Obama said, and blah, 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 there wouldn't be any discussion here. But she didn't. She tried to take it as her own. And as everybody knows, in the days of college, you try that stuff, your butt will get expelled. I agree. Here's the definition. This is the dictionary definition of plagiarism, which we were all taught in school. I know I was. Um, the practice, and thank you for the call, Michael. I appreciate it. We're uh, out of time in the uh, the hour. Uh, the practice of taking someone else's work or ideas and passing them off as one's own synonyms, copying, an infringement of copyright, piracy, theft, stealing, informal cribbing. But the practice of taking someone else's work or ideas and passing them off on one's own for the person that said, well, she, you know, it was just an idea. It was a basic premise, you know, blah, 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 blah. Nah, not really. Uh, Thank you to Julie for that. And uh, Paul says it has to be conceptual or it's not plagiarism. That caller's wrong. See what happens if you write a song with the words, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad. So just beat it. We'll we'll end on that. Hey, hey, we have people in court right now because they say, you know, that little portion of that song sounds like one I wrote 30 years ago. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back tomorrow on Hunt Day. Thank you, Mark and Andrew, and thank all of you listening today.